and good morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. This is Harrison Smith with another episode of Cinema, and it is brought to you by Dark Matter TV. Dark Matter TV is a streaming platform where you can find not just current genre entertainment and horror, sci-fi, thriller, and action, but also classic content that takes you back to the great old days of late night cable and finding those cult and classic films that they just don't make anymore. Available for download on Android or Apple, or visit darkmattertv.com. It's free, it's fun, and it's gonna grow. There's been a spate of some suggestions from people on Twitter on cinema topics, and this latest one uh, came in not so much as a suggestion, but started out as as somebody pretty upset about uh, feedback from a hashtag for horror and expressing their opinion, and I got pulled into the conversation Let me lay this out for you first. This podcast episode is not really for those of you who agree with me or agree with the people that were upset about this hashtag issue, nor is this for people who are against censorship or any type of artistic suppression. You'll notice I'm talking very calmly because this episode is for all of you who are outraged, you're sensitive, you're offended, you're scared by things, and feel the need to have to correct things for the rest of us. Now, you'll notice my voice. Usually, I'm very animated on this podcast. I get excited, and that's called passion. It is not ranting. I am not angry. All of these words that are thrown out that I've noticed have become a kind of a weapon If you are confident in yourself and you are a go-getter, you must be a narcissist. If you point out uh, the stupid things in life, I've noticed, for example, I I post on uh, my timeline, I will take a shot here and there uh, at headlines and the ridiculousness of the headlines. And invariably, people will try to insert themselves into the dialogue by claiming that my posts are misogynistic, sexist, angry, mean, I'm dunking, I love that word, dunking on celebrities. I am dunking, criticizing, whatever word you want to use. I am pointing out the absolute stupidity and ridiculousness of what we call news and what is passing for our entertainment while we have a world that is burning down around us. You can call it what you like, But one of the things that I've noticed that drives these kind of people, it is fear. The first thing is, is this uh, screenshot that came to me uh, via my Twitter timeline. Someone had hashtagged the word horror. Now I'm going to start off by saying that, of course, I'm going to have a natural bias in support of horror because that genre is pretty much my living at this point in time of my career. So the screenshot says, can we help? Posts with words or tags you're searching for often encourage behavior that can cause harm and even lead to death. If you're going through something difficult, we'd like to help. And then it gives you three choices. One, to get support. The other, to show posts. And the third one is to cancel the uh, disclaimer. Horror has always been entertainment's whipping boy. Whenever something goes wrong in society, 
we immediately look back at horror. We have to point a finger somewhere, and the genre usually takes the blame. I have noticed that many people who hate horror or dislike horror or find controversy with horror are people that never watch horror films. They probably couldn't tell you five that they have seen. And with their ranting and raving about some of the more hardcore horror films, uh, they've never even come close to that. Some of them might not have ever gotten past a level of Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein. To get into this first, I'm not talking to all of you who agree with me. I'm talking to all of you who find problems with the horror genre, who feel compelled to be social justice warriors to protect the rest of us because you know better. So I'm going to start first with an incident that happened at a Q&A session for my film, The Fields. My first feature film was a psychological thriller called The Fields, and it starred Cloris Leachman and Tara Reid. Cloris Leachman played my grandmother in the film. The film is loosely based on the real accounts of what happened to me on my grandparents' farm in the summer of 1973, late summer, early fall of 1973. It is not the film I would have made. I am not the director of the film. This is not Sour Grapes. It is simply a fair statement to say while many really have enjoyed the fields and it did very well financially, I cannot say that it is the film I wanted to see come on the screen, especially as an adaptation from the very personal script that I wrote. The film is based on true events. So I want to describe some real horror for you. I lived a very tumultuous childhood. I had two parents that should have never been married to each other and saw a lot of very terrible things growing up as a little boy. That's real horror. And there are people out there that are absolutely dealing with this kind of thing every single day. Horror was an escape. And it started with basically Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein, but also 1967's Mad Monster Party, an animated stop-motion puppet kind of feature that I love to this day. And I escaped into these worlds. They were safe horrors. They were safe scares. By the time I was eight years old, I could name all the legendary greats, Karloff and Cushing and Laurie and Lugosi, and, and the list goes on. I reveled in these worlds. I did not mimic them. I did not try to copy them. I never had dark thoughts to torture animals, harm another human being, or myself. I found sympathy for Frankenstein's monster and Karloff's great performance. They kind of all became a horror soap opera once Universal started that process when I discovered their overlapping universes and world building. I love that movie, Mad Monster Party. I used to fantasize about living in Dr. Frankenstein's castle with Phyllis Diller's Monster's Mate and Gail Garnett's Francesca. And those names, I knew. I knew who Phyllis Diller was and I knew who Boris Karloff was. Does that make me an awful child? Instead of wishing I lived next to the Brady Bunch, I always wished I could live with the Adams Family. I used to watch the show all the time on TV None of the things in that home where people fled when they saw a lion or Uncle Fester with a light bulb in his mouth, none of that scared me. In fact, I felt quite at home there. Because you see, I saw real horror. So we show the film 
at this uh, movie theater in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. The Fields plays, it ends, and we open up the cast and the crew to a Q&A session. A bunch of people stood up, asked certain questions about where it took place because they all lived around the area where we shot and most of all, where the film takes place uh, around Easton, PA. Then one woman stood up and I could tell that she was already agitated. I want you to keep in mind, she stayed for the entire movie. She stood up and right away came out swinging and she wanted the audience to know that she was incensed and upset and angry. So the first part of that is letting me know and the rest of us in the theater know, and there were about 1,300 people in this theater. She wanted everyone to know that her 12-year-old daughter was extremely scared by the film. And in fact, she's probably now afraid to drive by cornfields. And frankly, the 12-year-old daughter looked like she wanted to crawl into a hole. I don't know what the point of that was, other than to let people know that she's traumatized. And I think this is part of the problem. It's no different when somebody gets on social media and they have to announce that somebody died or that someone has been dead and they're wishing them a happy birthday in heaven. Unless the dead can communicate through social media, the post is useless. Unless, of course, you're passively trying to garner attention for yourself. And so you're using that pain to make people feel some sort of sympathy because naturally they will reach out and they will say, I'm so sorry for your loss and blah, 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 blah. This woman wanted to let 1,300 people know that she was upset. And supposedly her daughter was too. And then she went after me. And she said, you know, I've watched this movie here. Aren't you embarrassed that you had the life that you did and the family that you did? Didn't you ever get counseling or any type of therapy for what you went through? You're allowed to ask that question, but you're not really asking the question out of concern. You're actually being judgmental. You're making a judgment and you are assuming that this very scary, albeit brief period that the movie focuses on, has somehow altered me, corrupted me, and made me lesser of a good human being. And she went on to chastise me, basically, for having a rough childhood. And so my reply was pretty simple. I stood up for the horror genre, just as I did a few moments ago, talking about Mad Monster Party, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, the classic Universal Monsters, because I watched those movies with my grandmother, the woman that Cloris Leachman portrayed. And my grandmother used to tell me all the tricks of how they did things, makeup, special effects, how they did this, how they did that, the amount of makeup on Boris Karloff. It was actually a pretty educational experience watching horror movies with my grandmother who loved them. And it's a great bonding moment. And it took my mind away from the real and far more serious horrors that I was seeing when I went home. At that time, the Jonas Brothers movie came out. I don't know which one it was, or I don't even know how many there were, but there was a Jonas Brothers movie, a concert movie, and it was in 3D. And I asked her if her daughter, her 12-year-old daughter, was a fan of the Jonas Brothers, and she said absolutely, and then she went into a diatribe on how Disney and everything that Disney produces and how they've built an empire on wholesome entertainment 
is the answer to horror. That's what she said. She replied that they had the Jonas Brothers DVD on their shelf and that they watch it from time to time and they enjoy it as a family. And so I asked her if she enjoyed when the Jonas Brothers came out on stage in one scene of that concert movie with hoses uh, between their legs and sprayed white foam out all over the audience. And also at that time, High School Musical was a huge hit. And my question was, where are all the unattractive people in High School Musical? Where are the fat ones? Where are all those nonconformist or kids that don't fit in? What kind of message, first of all, does High School Musical send other than to be superficial and if you're beautiful, life is good? Then I asked her about the Jonas Brothers as well and asked her if that was wholesome entertainment because Disney also owned ABC and ABC Go and one of their shows was The Secret Life of the American Teenager, which if I'm not mistaken, it's been a while since that's been on, That references oral sex, unprotected sex, premarital sex, uh, goes on where a girl gives birth, I guess, basically out of wedlock, and is almost a celebration of of some pretty aberrant and, and negative behavior. How is that wholesome? And as I finished this up, people in the audience started to applaud. And they weren't applauding because I shot this woman down. That was not my intent. I'm asking serious questions. You're asking me questions. I'm asking them back. Just who are you, listener, right now that feels you are the one to appoint yourself as some type of conservator for all of us? Who passes judgment on what genre is good? Who are you to say what is offensive and what should be watched, what should be canceled, and what you should be outraged by? Just who are you? I'm not talking to the ones that are nodding and agreeing. That again is not the point of this episode. I'm talking again to you, the one who thinks I'm crazy, the one who thinks that horror and other offensive subjects need to be censored or monitored for the good of us all. I'm talking to the ones who post about following Jesus, you're lovers of Christ, you're loyal to God, but you have hidden accounts to flirt and cyber sex with others. I'm talking to the ones who post about their perfect families while secretly cheating behind the Facebook posts on their spouses. This episode is for those of you who are outraged against Netflix's cuties, but have that stash of child pornography hidden in some file on your desktops or on your phones. And for all of you who demand racial equality and show up at Black Lives Matter gatherings with your $1,000 purses and quietly parked your Lexus and Mercedes or Tesla down a few blocks to keep that hidden, and then you go back to your suburban McMansion, just who are you fighting for? We really admire your hashtags on your account. You are extremely virtuous. To the social justice warriors claiming this is bad, that is wrong, or even embracing conspiracy theories, when was the last time you gave a solid, realistic assessment of your own lives, your own households, or your own relationships with your families? How many of you are truly aware of what's going on under your own roof while you're out there campaigning and crusading 
to save the world and the rest of us. Just what are you deflecting from? What is so wrong in your life that you feel compelled to be outraged and to pontificate unsolicited sensitivity, embracement of conspiracy theories, and the need to tell others how they should behave, how they should act, how they need to be more sensitive, and how you are qualified to tell the rest of us what is good and what is bad. Just who are you protecting all of us from? If you're one of those who is protecting the world from horror and feel that horror is just so offensive or detrimental or damaging or mentally scarring, what's next for you? What else will be damaging to our psyches that you feel that we need to be protected from? I've provided a number of links that can give you plenty of data, skewed, of course, to support horror. And I'm sure you can find plenty of data to go against it. For some of us, horror is more than just a genre. For some, it's a way of life. And I will say, working on Death House, the people that I worked with who have built their careers on the horror genre were some of the gentlest, kindest, and nicest people I've ever experienced working in this industry. And some of them, the nicest people I have ever met in my entire life. If you count the Adams Family as horror, then one of the things I love the most about the Adams Family in both its TV and film incarnations was Adams Family Values and the way that film simply opens. Adams Family Values is attacking and fighting back against people like you, the ones who think that this genre is just so dreadful. I say, take an assessment of your own life and an inventory of the things that you have and don't have and maybe worry more about that than trying to save the world. So if you're one of those people, how are you going to handle when life delivers you the discomfort? Is your reaction to simply go out there and try to eliminate what you perceive as discomfort from other people's lives? Maybe what you need to do is take a look at your own and stop worrying about the rest of us. Now, I'm not being mean, and I'm not yelling at you, and I don't think I'm being particularly scary. What I'm telling you is, the world might be better off if more people just minded their own business. So again, this podcast is not for the people that support what I think. This podcast has been presented to you in a very calm demeanor. No one has yelled at you. No one is angry. No one is ranting. The question is, have you really taken a strong assessment of your own life? To me, the answer has always been very simple. If you don't like something, don't watch it. Don't support it. Turn it off. Refuse to buy the merchandise. And do not financially support it. You have the right to change the channel, click away, or turn it off. Blaming horror and other genres for the maladies that face us as a society is a cop-out. You can listen to my assessment of the correlation between violence and movies with episode 30, called Blaming Entertainment for Violence and, of course, The Joker. Horror is not part of the problem. It is a reflection of our society, and that is a hard picture for some people to look at, especially when it turns into a mirror and you have to look into your own reflection. 
Stop taking the low-hanging fruit. Stop blaming outside forces for the problems in your own life. As a society, we need to take responsibility for ourselves. Blaming a genre, music, video games, and I'm not saying all of these things don't have influence, but they are not the sole causes of our problems today. And most of all, campaigning under a banner of saving us from ourselves is a very slippery slope to censorship. This is Harrison Smith. Thank you for listening.